Welcome to the Story Paths podcast, where we explore links between story and culture. I'm Theodore Lowry, your host. I'm excited to announce that, as of March 2023, I've released my first on-demand creativity course. It's on Skillshare, nestled within a library of great creative courses, and if you're not already on there, I've got a link in the show notes where you can get a free month. My course is called Creative Writing, Brainstorming Story Ideas. In it, I guide you through finding ideas within your memories, working with them as symbols, and learning to deftly combine and recombine them into meaningful stories. There's a trailer for the course there in the show notes, along with the free link. Hope to see you in there. And so, we begin. A stone, shaped like a claw. The claw of a great bird, fallen into this bay by the open ocean. A hundred years ago, it was a voracious, huge, devouring bird. Look, you can see that hilltop over there, gone. Many more species used to live on this coast. Now, most are gone. And in dying, this bird bled into these waters. And still, the fish and the ocean birds of this place are not as strong as they once were. All along this coast, you'll find stone corpses of these great birds, fallen in a tangle, or flat, or headfirst. Their last fiery breaths still linger in the air. Our ancestors say that there was a time when these birds ruled the world, eating whatever they chose, devouring the fish from an entire sea, drinking rivers dry, raising forests. How did we stop them, you ask? Well, in a way they stopped themselves by exhausting the land with their endless appetite. But they also stopped themselves by forcing the creatures of water, land, and air to come together, to come against them and say, No, it is enough. You bring death to the world because you have a hole in your gut that leads to nowhere. Enough. We will live. And you must die. Return now to the cycle of life so that in time you can nourish others. Let go, for now it is your time to die. Go now. Touch this stone shaped like a claw and ask that great bird to give you the lessons that it has learned in death that it did not know in life.
I've been thinking recently about stories, as I want to do, and specifically about stories connected with land, with culture, and how stories change over time. I was in a class yesterday with Tyson Yunkapora, whom some of you may know. He's an Aboriginal man from current-day Australia. Interesting person. He wrote a book called Sand Talk, which I highly recommend. And he's very down-to-earth, very funny, shoots from the hip, swears a lot. Uh, and he's deeply into Aboriginal wisdom, traditional wisdom, and also systems theory uh, and scientific thinking and comparing different kinds of thinking. Interesting guy. And he was speaking about how story arises from place. That in traditional societies, places have stories. Mountains have stories of how they came to be. The different stories in a landscape are connected with each other. Pathways have stories. Caves have stories. There's a web, a narrative map, you could say, woven through the landscape. And this map is rich with character and lesson and humor and cosmological significance and connection with different species and different times. And that these stories vary Throughout the land, you'll see repetitions of similar themes. The same characters may have different names. You'll see the snake appear in different parts of the landscape in different ways. And as snake stories go north, you'll see that they change in particular ways. Stories about the sun, stories about the moon as well. Now... Modern societies, as we call them, also have place stories. In any city, there's going to be a lot of different stories. You know, where the World Trade Center used to be, that's a big story. But there's also stories about how this bagel shop came to be, or the building that used to be there, or how that was the place where the city started. We have individual stories connected with place also. That's where I first met my best friend, you know, there in front of the school there. That's where I went to school when I was young. That was the house that we used to live in. That's the park we used to play in, me and my sister. So stories, we have stories connected with place. And in some fortunate societies, they have mythological stories connected with place, which don't just tell us about what happened there, but bring us into, you could say, a mythopoetic, metaphorical substructure of reality. Uh, that's one way to say it. A connection with a dreaming world, a non-human world, not just aspects of our psychology, but connected to the other-than-human world. 
and becoming a member or understanding our membership with the larger community besides humans through these stories of the land. Now, these land stories, uh, Tyson Yunkaporo was making the point, can be interrupted. The people carrying the stories, their carrying can be interrupted by colonialism, invasion, volcanoes erupting, disease, different things. And the landscape itself can be interrupted, and all over the world, landscape is being interrupted by mining, logging, and other kinds of resource extraction, or making malls and, and so on. This interrupts the story of the place, or buries, or cuts it. But this narrative web is resilient and regenerative, just like creatures and ecosystems are in nature. Perhaps not endlessly resilient, but resilient. And if part of it is damaged, that can be regrown. And it changes. I'm on the continent people call North America. I uh, prefer to call it Turtle Island. It's an older name with less uh, colonial baggage. Well, no colonial baggage. And there have been a lot of people and are a lot of different nations and people living on this continent now. I'm from ancestry coming from Northern Europe. And my people brought their own stories. And being born here and having that older connection to Europe and also learning some of the stories of the First Nations people here and getting to know the land here, making home here, makes me consider story in a particular way. I'm thinking, what are my stories in connection with the land? What, what myths are growing now? Because myths are old, but they're also, like in an old forest, that it's changing. There's new trees coming up. So what are the myths that are developing now? And how can these be, how can I help bring into the world helpful stories? Now again, Tyson Yunkapore made some interesting points about stories. He said there's basically two kinds of stories. There's wrong stories and right stories. <laughs> so wrong stories, he gave a few symptoms that they're kind of monolithic. They demand to be the, the one story. They tend to come from individuals or groups, small groups, rather than being collective stories. Wrong stories want to fight with other stories to make themselves right. It's like, you know, one ring to rule them all. 
It's not about cooperation. It's not about diversity. Whereas right stories, they emerge from the ground up. They're collectively held stories. They're not stories with political agendas. You know, they're stories that connect us with the land, with each other, with other species that that tell us how to live. They give us insight into the world. It's interesting to note that on this continent, Turtle Island, there's many, many different groups with different Genesis stories or different different variations on particular stories, like the Sky Woman story. She may have different names. It may go in a bit of a different way. Different creatures are involved. But you don't see people, like, fighting about it. You don't see people fighting, no, our Sky Woman is the one true Sky Woman. You don't see that. Because they're right stories. And they're taken in that way also. Because even, you know, a story might not be such a bad story, but you take it as the one true story to rule them all, that's going to be a problem. So, in any case, I'm thinking about story and landscape and culture and time and growth and change and all of these things. And what I read at the beginning of this episode was just a little attempt to think of what a, what a story might be a hundred years from now, a mythological story about this time. So I'll read it again. Hopefully it's not too heavy-handed, metaphorically speaking. Uh, but I was thinking how a story might be rooted in place and how we might become, how, how I can become more aware of the stories that I'm helping to carry and choose whether I want to carry them or not and how to help craft more helpful narratives, how to help with the growth of right stories. So I'm going to read it again. A stone shaped like a claw, the claw of a great bird fallen into this bay by the open ocean a hundred years ago. It was a voracious, devouring bird. Look, you can see that whole hilltop is gone. Many more species used to live in this coast. Different kinds of birds and monkeys, all kinds of things. Most of them are gone now. In dying, this bird bled into these waters. And still the birds and fish here are not as strong as they once were due to that poisonous blood. All along this coast you'll find stone corpses fallen in a tangle or flat or headfirst. The last fiery breaths of these birds still lingers in the air. Our ancestors, during these last hundred years, say that there was a time when these birds ruled the earth like the dinosaurs did, eating whatever they chose, devouring the fish from entire seas, drinking rivers dry and raising forests to the ground. You might wonder how we stopped these 
powerful beasts. Well, in a way they stopped themselves by exhausting the land with their appetite. And also by pushing, by pushing the creatures of water, land and air to come forward and say, no, it is enough. You fiery, powerful birds bring death to the world because you have a hole in your gut that leads to nowhere, that can never be filled. It is enough now. It has long since been enough. We, creatures of the world, will live and thrive, and for this to happen, you must die. Die now and return to the cycle of life. Let it go. Let yourself go and find what peace you can. So, you can touch the stone that's shaped like the claw of a bird and ask that bird to give you lessons in its death that it did not know until the very end of its life. Thanks for listening to Story Paths, where we finger threads weaving story with culture. Before we go, I'd like to remind you of my new course, Creative Writing, Brainstorming Story Ideas, that is now available on Skillshare. If you're looking for a playful, creative space, this may just be for you. You can find the trailer and a link for a free month of Skillshare in the show notes. And as we part, I send my best wishes for you and yours. In the words of the Irish poet John O'Donoghue, may you realize that the shape of your soul is unique, that you have a special destiny here, and behind the facade of your life, there is something beautiful and eternal happening. And so we close.